1: Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156. Welcome to
2: the Busted Open podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we talk WrestleMania 37 with WWE Hall of Famer, Bully Ray. That's right. We're on the road to WrestleMania 37, so we get deep into SmackDown from this past Friday with Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan saying it might be his last ever WrestleMania at WrestleMania 37. And speaking of WrestleMania 37, we talked to John Alba, that's right, reporter and host from Tampa, to give us the vibe of what's going on in Tampa. As we get closer and closer to WrestleMania 37 tickets going on sale with a possible capacity of 45,000 fans each night of WrestleMania 37. All that right now
3: on the Busted Open Podcast. All right. What do you want to know about Daniel Bryan Edge and Roman Reigns, Dave? Go yeah, ahead, ask your wrestling question. I, what do you want to know? You're unbelievable today. What do you want to know?
2: Remind me to, have, uh, remind me to get Tommy to work on Daylight Savings Time next year.
3: Yeah, what, Bully. Do you, what do you, yeah that, I just said yeah. that with the yeah. mat because <laughs> that's a that's a ratings generator. I love right. what, what Tommy. Oh, please. Tommy's yeah. awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's awesome. Right. Go ahead.
2: What I was saying while you were listening to Body Count coming back from Break Bully is that the match we're gonna see at Fast Lane is Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, oh. but it seems coming out of SmackDown that the story is more between Edge and Daniel Bryan.
3: I said it last week, and I'm starting to get the vibes that at WrestleMania, we're going to have a three-way with Edge, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan. I don't know how people feel about that. I'm not even quite sure how I feel about it, because I was kind of on that Edge-Roman train. But Daniel Bryan is, is firmly wedged in here. I mean, if, if if Daniel Bryan wasn't involved, what would he be doing? Would it be him versus Uso? I mean, that doesn't Maybe. really do anything for me. Been there, done that too. Yeah. So normally fast lane is inconsequential. I'm wondering if the finish of this match will be consequential as to what will happen at Mania in that uh, championship spot. But I think we're going go to get a three way. Do you get the same vibe or not? What do I your flip flops tell you?
2: <laughs> I do, bully. But here's why, and and shoot me down if you think I'm wrong. But trust you know, me, today Roman. I will. Roman as a heel, and and footwear aside, Roman as a heel, I think you would agree has been fantastic on Friday nights. But I kind of feel like Roman was a bit of an afterthought. I mean, Roman was on that show. We had the contract signing with Roman and Roman was in the ring with Edge and Daniel Bryan, I, th- I found him to be a bit of an afterthought. I was more of all about Edge and Daniel Bryan. That's a strong statement, Bully, because Roman Reigns has dominated Friday nights. Is there any way, any way, that Daniel Bryan comes out the
3: victor against Roman Reigns at Fastlane? listen when you say is there any way and we're talking about professional wrestling of course the answer is yes i don't want to see that championship flip-flopped at all i would love oh you love flip-flops go ahead you got it you got it you got got it i don't want to see it flip-flopped at all um i'm talking about my disdain for flip-flops when using flip-flop in a sentence yes Much like we talked about not wanting to see Bobby Lashley drop the championship too soon and really like to see a long reign for Bobby, I want the same for Roman. And I know the thought of two men holding on to championships for a long time can get a bit passe to people, but if there was any two men right now in the WWE who I feel could hold those championships with credibility, I think it's Roman and Bobby until the right uh, challengers come along. Could Daniel Bryan beat Roman, and we're going into WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan as the champion? I guess it depends what side of the bed Vince r- wakes up on, yeah. and which pe- which hand the pencil is in. Uh, um, I- I'm still on the fence of whether or not I want Daniel, Bryan, but Daniel Bryan does make it interesting. And I will say this: this is mean, this is a, a no brainer. I mean, this is not rocket science. Think of that three way. Oh, edge, be, uh, edge! Fantastic. Between the talents, the styles, and the psychology of it, a lot of times when we see th- uh, three ways, psychology falls to the wayside because it's it's a little difficult to do with three guys, and plus there's no rules. Um, but I think if any if any three guys could pull it off, especially with the way Edge thinks, um, that that they could do it. But as far as to answer your question. No, I don't think we see Daniel Bryan going into WrestleMania as the champion, but I do believe somehow he finds himself in the match. I think so, too.
2: Almost, You almost have to, right? Because the story is about Edge and Daniel Bryan. And I just made a strong statement with Roman seeming like more of an afterthought even in that main event segment to end the show on Friday night. And I love the story, Bully, between Edge and Daniel Bryan. I mean, Edge is saying, you know, I didn't like what you did. I didn't like how you got your nose in this business. It's not about you. It's about me. I'm in the main event. And I love what Daniel Bryan said. Well, you're you're in. You're in. So, like, it's not about, Daniel Bryan saying it's not even about you, Edge. You're already in. This is about me and Roman. Now you're making it about you because you don't want to be that afterthought. And I love that Daniel Bryan pretty much is saying, hey, there's a good chance. This may be my last WrestleMania ever. So this might be my last opportunity for a WrestleMania moment and to win this championship. That story's got me hooked. Now Roman Reigns has been great as as the as the wrestler at the you know the head of the table, no doubt about it. This Samoan dynasty, family tradition, and I, I love the story. But what's grabbing me right now on this road to WrestleMania is Edge and Daniel Bryan. It would almost be a a, a letdown, bully, if Daniel Bryan is not in this main event match at WrestleMania this year.
3: And at least it makes Fastlane interesting. Normally we're like, ah, yes. whatever, no big deal. At least we're very interested to see what happens because of the what-ifs. So, uh, I mean, the, the Daniel Bryan Swan song is a story in and of itself and makes the Edge Roman Reigns story that much more interesting. And
2: you just said, and this is something that I bring up a lot when it comes to Daniel Bryan. We're lucky to have Daniel Bryan back we're lucky to have Daniel Bryan back. Daniel Bryan has been fantastic since his return. And this is like, think about fantasy matchups. I mean, to have Daniel Bryan in the ring with Edge and Roman Reigns, to me, that is without a doubt a, a fantasy booking 101 when it comes to WrestleMania 37. Let's get back to the very busy phones. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Let's go out to Lindsay in New Jersey. What's going on, Lindsay?
1: Hey, guys. How are you? How are you? Weekend, it's very cool. Oh, just trying to stay warm.
2: I know. It's just cold out there.
1: Um, I was just wanted to say I want to give props to SmackDown. I, I really enjoyed the show on Friday night from, from start to finish. Um, I've been on the Cesaro train for a long time now, so it's really neat to see him in, like, a real feud and storyline. Um, I think that Seth is a great foil for him right now. Um, and then as far as Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns, I love all the stuff that they're doing. And re- especially with Edge, I don't know how to say it, but it's like when he's on the screen, it's like he immediately commands your attention. He brings like a legitimacy and an urgency to the show and, and to the WWE in general. Um, so I'm just glad that we get to have him back on our screens for as long as we get to have him Um, and same goes with Daniel Bryan. So props to everybody involved in there. Good show. Yeah.
2: And, and Lindsay, and this is where I want wrestling fans to really enjoy this moment is that a few years ago, we didn't have Daniel Bryan. We thought his career was over a few years ago. We didn't have edge. We thought his hall of fame career was over and now we're going to have them back in the ring at WrestleMania 37 to me, that's like a gift. And I hope fans really appreciate the gift that's going to be given to us in April.
1: And they should, because on top of them being legends, they're just, they're doing great work right now. Yeah. So I agree with you, Dave. Thanks for taking and my Lindsay, call. And Lindsay,
2: really quick before we you go flip flops, is it a turnoff?
1: <laughs> uh, not for me. Not for me.
2: You like the flip flops, right?
1: I mean, listen. A guy's feet are so much more sweaty than women's feet in general. I'm surprised this is a hot button issue. I think we we got to give the guys a little grace with that. We got to let them air out their toes, especially in the yeah.
2: And bullies are hard. I mean, the guy's wearing motorcycle boots to the beach. The guy's got issues. Am I right, Lindsay? I mean, bully. Don't don't start shaking your head at me, Lindsay. The guy's got issues. Yes or no, bully?
1: I cannot comment on whether Bully Ray has issues or not. He's got issues. I can only say if he wears motorcycle boots to the beach, which he did not say that he did earlier. He said the beach is is a whole different topic. It's got problems. I would recommend like you did, Dave. Just try it. Try it for a day in the summer. See how your toes feel.
2: And I actually think you'll appreciate it even more. Thanks for the phone call. Lindsay. let's go to Mike in Ohio. What's going on, Mike?
0: Hey, guys. I just want to uh, say that. Uh, I'm thirty almost thirty one and I wear flip flops, so David there you was, go. Uh, there you
2: go, Mike.
0: Yeah. And um so I want to touch about the uh talk about the um the impact commentating and uh that's uh Rich Swan versus Moose Match. Uh the commentating it's a hell of a lot better than uh the Josh what Josh Matthews was doing and um I can I can uh you know withstand listening to D'Lo and uh Matt Stryker. Um they do like shout quite often and that is kind of annoying because uh everything you know they're just shouting the whole match and probably 80 percent of the match it's you know they're trying to make everything feel important and i was thinking that to myself this weekend uh like appreciating excalibur's poise um and even some people on ron smackdown uh that i just can't think of their names right now but uh it's you know just their poise is um uh refreshing uh compared to the impact commentating right now um, that Rich Swan versus Moose match—it's um, really the first Impact match I've watched full through probably in a mm-hmm. few weeks, um, and the—it felt everything felt like it flowed really nice, um, and I, I love AEW, and just watching what they were doing in Impact with the ref counting, uh, mm-hmm. then rolling in and out of the ring—I really, really hope to see some of that, uh, you know, follow through in AEW because uh, it was. It was nice to be able to watch a match that had that type of um flow without the camera cuts that you get on Raw and Smackdown. Um that are kind of nauseating. And um yeah, that's it. Just it was refreshing and I hope that, that kind of uh that flow gets uh, put into AEW sooner than later.
2: Well Mike, I thought and, and Mike, thanks for the phone call. I agree with you. Um on, on on pretty much everything you said, first of all, the main event on Saturday night was great. Um, I think Moose has had one hell of a 2021 so far. Um, Rich Swan is, I think, I said, come back at a wrestler for 2020. Uh, he's a great champion. And... The rest of the show was really, really good as well. And then you look at like the commentating, and it's difficult because the other commentating you mentioned were three-man booths. So you kind of have to have that. Meter. If you're going to have Matt Stryker and D'Lo screaming, then you have to have that third guy that's more a little bit more even keel because you can't have both your commentators screaming at the same time. That I definitely agree with. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast,
4: total coverage. Each week I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results whether we're breaking down player techniques game plans or coaching philosophies we'll explain the details that define our favorite
2: performances new episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora and Apple Podcasts and let's go out to Julio in New Mexico. What's going on Julio?
4: Hey Dave, Bully, how's it going man? I want to What's talk up, about buddy? Smackdown. Sure. Uh, man, I don't I don't want to see that title off of Reigns, man. I, I hope that you make it a triple threat at Mania. And uh, I hope he beats them both. That way the fans really hate him, you know? Because I think he's cool as shit, man. But he beats Bryan and he beats Edge. He beat The Undertaker. You know, how can you not hate the dude? So I uh, yeah. just wanted to say that. And you guys have a good one, man. Appreciate sure.
2: it. All right. Thanks, Julio. And, and he's right. Because Daniel Bryan is loved. Edge is loved. But also it makes sense how Roman would pick up that victory too, because it seems like it's between Edge and Daniel Bryan. Enough of the of a distraction in that triple
3: threat where Roman would pick up the victory. If you if to to the caller's point, if you're really looking to make Roman, you make it an elimination match. And then he beats Edge and he beats Daniel Bryan. And I would imagine the real intrigue in an elimination match is Roman and Daniel Bryan as the final two. But can you eliminate Edge first? Oof. Right. But if it came down to Daniel Bryan and Roman, with people knowing, like the WWE has floated out there, that this might be, like you said, the swan song, Daniel Bryan's last WrestleMania. Oh, my God. Will Daniel Bryan win? It's a hell of a moment, especially if you do have 30, 40, 45,000 people there, the possibility of another yes yes moment, the feel-good moment of yes uh, (laughs) during COVID times. I mean, hmm.
2: Bully, it's a good, because Edge is one of the most popular WWE wrestlers of all time. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think anybody really looks at Edge Roman where Edge is going to beat Roman. I mean, people are just happy that Edge is back. Edge has been there, done that, multiple championships. He's already a Hall of Famer. But you throw out Daniel Bryan, you're right. The comeback that he was able to make had one of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time, and then him saying, hey, this could be my last WrestleMania, that might be
3: what you just placed might be the way to go. Uh, I'm, I'm interested enough to sit back and watch it. Um, well, I, um, I respect all three of those talents as performers, and I like what I get from them every time they're in the ring. So the mixture of the three of them, the possibility of an elimination match, not much truly, truly grabs me these days. That mm-hmm. story does. You know what didn't really
2: grab me, and I want to get your take, Bully, is the the KO show with Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks on Friday. Um, for for a couple of different reasons, and if I miss something, correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't Sasha and Bianca, who were just thrown together, lose to Nia and Shayna at Elimination Chamber? Yes. Then why are they getting another match at Fastlane for the tag team titles when they just lost their opportunity at the last
3: pay per view? I'll give you the explanation. Um. It might be a little bit hard to follow though cuz it's rooted in deep uh, it's the answer is is rooted in deep uh psychology within creative Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Because
2: That's what I Did was, was going to get. Yeah, because just because Okay, so re- re- repeat the question? <laughs> So, after a loss at Elimination Chamber, why is Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks getting another opportunity at Fastlane for the women's tag team titles? Because. Does it It, make perfect sense now? It it does. Because, and again, I look at things in a broader sense, Bully. And you're laughing, but this is the things that kind of get me hung up. We just saw them... On NXT against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, where the legal woman was not in the ring, but yet there is no rematch. Then after, you know, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks lose clean at a pay-per-view, they're getting a rematch at Fastlane. It makes absolutely no sense. It really doesn't. And do I really need to hear Kevin Owens talking about Sasha and Bianca being two of the greatest ever when Bianca Belair has been on the main roster for a cup of
3: coffee? them being called two of the great you want to call Sasha Banks one of the greatest ever I think she's going to be in the conversation for sure but Bianca it is entirely too early hey remember when RG3 came out of college and everybody thought he would be one of the greatest ever quarterbacks and then he went he got hurt and you know got he was injury prone right yep yep I mean, anything can happen like that. We're not wishing injury on Bianca, but we don't know if she's going to be one of the greatest ever. So to put her in that conversation, but it, but it's funny because saying the both of them could be the greatest ever, it's like you're overhyping it, right? Yes, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the uh, about the um, the commentating on impact you're overhyping it. you're making it seem so much more than what it really is uh the landscape's about to change uh uh the 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 you know the industry is shifting what does this mean for the state of wrestling stop it's just a title change we'll see what happens so yes when i hear ko saying those things i agree with you it's a little too much and dave i've said this before nothing matters Whatever we need to put on good TV on this particular Monday night or this particular Friday night when it comes to Raw Smackdown, that's all that matters. We need to get our stars out there, put them in some kind of intriguing storyline or moment or match for that particular segment, and then we move on to next week. That, that, that's all it is. Well, now, this is a say, perfect no, example
2: of it, Bully. This
3: is a perfect— yeah, because
2: in it that goes on all the time. But Kevin Owens is saying, boy, if you could beat Nia and Shayna, you guys are going to be two of the greatest ever. Really? I mean, Nia and Shayna, not exactly knocking people over with this tag team title, right? Plus, no acknowledgement that they had just lost last month. They had a match last month and lost clean. So, like, don't pretend that this is the first time that they're getting into the ring together when the last pay-per-view they had a match together. It makes no sense.
3: I like this tweet that we just got from Dave D'Angelo on the old Twitter machine. Kind of interesting. I don't know how you get there, but I'm going to throw it at you real quick. Go ahead. What if Roman faces... Edge on Saturday and Daniel Bryan on Sunday. we flip flop. What if? What if? Uh, yeah, exactly. You it, just love the it. You threat. love it without even realizing it's the running, you love it. It's running. It's running. I'm saying it on purpose. It's the you running thread of the show. It's, if you it's knew in a your damn brain. thing about your storytelling, I got in your head. I, you I got, you got in your a damn head. Thing about, you I got it in your head. Oh yeah. Nobody no, I got like in your head, and now you're using flip flop every other sentence. Here you go talking over people again. I'll okay, wait go ahead, Billy. Go ahead. Talk okay. Saturday, Sunday. You can never get into my head. Down. Sunday or Saturday. Right. So what if, what if we were to get Edge versus not Edge, Roman versus Daniel Bryan on Saturday? Winner of that versus Edge on Sunday. Now you're getting the kind of like the best of both worlds. I would love. Requires it. Roman to do you know work twice, but or possibly work twice, but. It's a hell of a one-two punch for Roman. It would show his
2: dominance. That's for sure. I, would, I, I actually think that's a great idea. Whoever tweeted that out for sure, Bully, is onto something. Does it take anything away from Bobby Lashley's title defense? Because I'm sorry, but those Roman matches with Edge and Daniel Bryan,
3: to me, would be the main event matches for both nights. Normally, I would say yes, but considering uh, what they're up against, this year where if there are fans there we're doing two nights this will be the i think this will be the first wrestlemania that people are truly you know during this covid time i know we only had one wrestlemania they did what they had to do but i think people are going to be looking at this one a little bit more carefully and i'm a big believer on putting everything out there you possibly can to capture capture people's attention um I, I I when I talk about wrestling and I relate it to something or aspects, in this in in this manner, I'll relate it back to professional sports. a, a manager of a team has a rep- responsibility to put the best team on the field every single night. And I believe that Vince McMahon has a responsibility to put the best two nights of wrestlemania out there, regardless of whether, Oh will this take away from this person? I would look at it as, well if that person feels like they're going to be taken away from, maybe that person needs to step up to the plate a little more and make sure that nothing is taken from them. And if you go out there with that mentality of I'm going to steal I'm going to steal the show and follow that mother truckers, you'll always be ahead of the game. You'll always be coming out on top. People will always be talking about you. And I think Bobby
2: Lashley has done enough, but I also think Roman Reigns has done enough. It's a good position for the WWE to be in right now. Speaking of WrestleMania, tickets for WrestleMania go on sale tomorrow, Bully. And to talk about that and possibly the capacity for both nights of WrestleMania, John Alba of Spectrum Sports does a great job as a host and reporter is going to join us to talk about that. When Bully and I are back right here. I'm busted open.
0: Hello everyone, this is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio.
4: Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, hall of famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast for Going Long.
2: Good morning, John. How
4: are you? You know, guys, it's ten thirty a.m. I've listened to the entire Back in Black and Fifty One Fifty albums and covered a college football practice already. So it's a good Monday, and now we're talking wrestling. So I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate the time.
2: Now, I now that you just brought up something interesting. So, were you did you listen to Back in Black on the ride there, and then Fifty One Fifty on the ride back, or just while it was going on so
4: i listened to back in black while i was getting ready to go to the uh college football spring practice that i was covering okay. and then once i got there i covered the practice and then on the way back blasted the Fifty One Fifty album so that's the only way to start monday in my opinion and i i think it's primed me perfectly for you
2: two guys <laughs> Thank you. Also, 5150, I think we would all agree, is the best Van Hagar album, 5150?
4: E- easily. And I mean, okay. I- I'm one of the Van Hagar apologists where, like, I believe that the band got even better with Sammy Hagar. Easy. So Easy. that's a controversial whoa, thing. Whoa, in
3: whoa, whoa Easy, whoa, John. Whoa, whoa, John. <laughs> I- John, I, 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 I don't come into your house and piss on your floors. What are you? Uh...
4: <laughs> no, no, listen. I'm not sitting here saying that that the that David Lee Roth era was worse than the Sammy Hagar any stretch. I think they just got even tighter as a band as time went on. And that speaks to just how damn good Eddie Van Halen was. And I, I was so sad last night to see that they barely gave him a, the time of day in the tribute part of the Grammys. So that, that was a little upsetting. But you know what? We're off to a good start today.
3: Dave, next time you invite somebody on the show, you might want to smarten them up first. No, right? no, but this I, I do. This is a Dave ag- guest, not a bully guest, so you know you better smarten these people up.
2: I do agree, though, <laughs> that Sammy Hagar gets a lot of hate that's not deserving, but. But either here nor there, you had Eddie Van Halen throughout, and I think John is correct. At least we're giving proper respect this morning to one of the greatest of all time. And, John, you know, we're getting to WrestleMania. I mean, we're on the road to WrestleMania. This is WrestleMania season. Obviously, last year's WrestleMania, unlike any WrestleMania we've ever seen before, in front of zero fans. And... Raw and SmackDown, this entire year, calendar year, now that we've been a year into this pandemic, has been in front of zero fans. So what are you hearing about the attendance and capacity for night number one and night number two?
4: Yeah, well, what I can tell you is, and I think there's a lot of context that's needed, that back in the fall, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed an executive order that basically allows any sports or entertainment entity to run full capacity. So for example, the NFL could have run full capacity games in the state of Florida last year, last season, but they obviously chose not to. And so teams have had the ability to do that. And now with WrestleMania approaching uh, from speaking with certain individuals who are familiar with the conversations between WWE and the Tampa Bay Sports Authority, which owns Raymond James Stadium, uh, it seems that WWE is going to aim for 45,000 fans uh, each night, which is about 75% capacity at Raymond James Stadium. And the seating chart that, that was released for the Ticketmaster presale certainly seems to indicate that as well. Does that mean that they will get 45,000 fans in the building each night? Not necessarily. But if they do find themselves successful in doing so, uh, to my knowledge, that would be the most fans at any sports or entertainment event since this pandemic began.
3: Wow. So, John, as far as you know, legally, as of right now, they can put up to 45,000 people in Raymond James each night?
4: They could run the entire stadium full if they wanted to legally. Uh, It's just a matter of would you do that and obviously – teams have taken the precautions not to do that. There was uh, the Monster Jam Truck Series here in Florida that ran full capacity, or at least they tried to run full capacity at stadiums, and World Stadium, where WrestleMania 33 was, but they didn't come anywhere close to selling it out because I think there's a lot of people who are still very hesitant uh, about the idea of going to a packed stadium when we're still kind of in that early vaccination process. And, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, well, the vaccines are rolling out, so that will make me feel more comfortable. Well, the reality is in order to get that acquired immunity from a vaccine in time for WrestleMania, you'd probably have to be getting it right around now. So uh, I'm not sure how many of those uh, will be in full effect at that point.
3: Uh, I was actually down in Tampa this weekend and I will tell you, it's consider uh, Florida is considerably different than the Northeast right now. Yes, it how is. How do you <laughs> feel? How do you feel living down there, like um, uh, you, you know, w- with precautions and social distancing, and what we hear on the news? Do you feel safe down in Florida? Do you think um, fans should feel safe uh, going to WrestleMania or other- any other sporting events down there?
4: Well, I'm a Jersey guy. And the Northeast like you guys up there and seeing the polar difference in the experiences that my friends and family and that you guys have had up there in comparison to what it's been like here, where for all intents and purposes, the pandemic basically doesn't exist. And life has kind of just gone on as needed since probably June or so. And uh, it's definitely polarizing. Um, I've I've worked a few independent shows over the course of the pandemic, and in both the Northeast and kind of throughout the region, and I've I've seen how different wrestlers from all across the country have dealt with it in different ways. Some, you know, wearing masks at shows, some not. I think if you're attending WrestleMania weekend or any of the independent shows that are there this coming month, I, I think you just have to be aware that. While you may want to take the necessary precautions, there are going to be people who are not going to because that is just the way of life down here. Uh, And and me personally, as a Northeastern, you know, I, I am certainly more careful than a lot of my colleagues, maybe. But it's just the way of the land here. It's the reality. And, you know, Florida is kind of just a different place than a lot of other parts of the country. And that will extend with WrestleMania, too.
2: That makes me a a little bit nervous. And obviously, like you said, you know, being from New York, New Jersey, this area, life is extremely different than the way you're describing Florida. I just kind of feel like we're almost there. Bully made an interesting observation, said something I thought was very interesting earlier on in the show. Right now, with the pandemic and the coronavirus, the way sporting events have been, and especially wrestling over the last year, to me, capacity isn't that big of a deal. Like j- trying to jam as many people as possible into a stadium, especially when we have really hardly any fans at all. If you told me there's going to be 25, 30,000 fans for WrestleMania, I would be ecstatic with that number based on what we've had over the last 12 months. Do you, do you think the WWE, if that's the number that they're garning for might be biting off a little bit more than they can chew just with having to have those special safety precautions ready for what's going to take sure. place those two nights?
4: I mean, the thing to keep in context is, you know, the Super Bowl was at the same stadium, and they ran about 22,000 fans. I covered the Daytona 500 this year, and that's a 100,000 seat capacity at Daytona International Speedway, and they ran about 20,000 fans, uh, much more distance. And even I was at Daly's place for the AEW pay-per-view last week, and they ran about 1,300 fans, and and there was enough distance, and I never really felt unsafe at any point. I think 45,000, 75% capacity, even if you have the seating pods, uh, that's a lot of people that are going to be around there. And and you can try to enforce mask wearing like they did for the Super Bowl. The county actually put a mask mandate in for those attending the Super Bowl. And and they very well could try to do that again for WrestleMania. But what you have to keep in mind is, too, that people are traveling to all these indie shows and traveling in from all around the country. You know, 45,000 people is a high number to shoot for. I think WWE will sell it out both nights. But does that actually mean that 45,000 people will be there each night? There's going to be a lot of second market sales and especially with no international crowd coming in for it this year, too, which uh, Boley, I mean, you know, especially like that is such a huge part of the fabric of WrestleMania, those international fans that come in. So I'm really not sure if they will actually put 45,000 people in the stadium, even if they do sell the tickets per se.
3: What's the vibe like in Florida? As far as uh, fans, and wrestling fans, especially for WrestleMania, do you hear people talking about it? Do you hear people saying that they can't wait to go?
4: Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a lot of excitement for it, but I'm not sure how many people there are that will stay in state to go to WrestleMania, if that makes sense. I think there's a lot of people who are excited that there's going to be that at least weekend-long event going on where you have all those independent shows, and people will be excited to go to those shows. But a lot of those are also limited in terms of capacity. Some of them have mask mandates. Some of them don't. So I think you see some excitement from people in Florida, but certainly not the hype that you would typically get with a WrestleMania weekend where you have those 100,000 people coming in from all around the globe and and really building that excitement. I think it's going to be more of an event that just kind of comes and goes, and we'll see if they're able to actually put that many people in the stadium or not.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, because I agree with you. I mean, even here on Busted Open, obviously we talk a lot about WrestleMania. It just doesn't feel the same as previous years. And you're right, it's more of like, WrestleMania has always been more of like a celebration of pro wrestling where everybody just converges on that city where WrestleMania is taking place. You're really not getting that vibe because people still aren't sure. There's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable. There's a lot of people that are afraid of their safety and their health. You know, you can definitely understand that. It's almost like, hey, we got the light at the end of the tunnel. What's the rush? We are going to get there. I just feel like, like you said, with the Super Bowl, I think, 20, again, 20 to 25,000 would be perfect. I think this is a little bit too much, but like you said, legally, they could do whatever they want. And you know, Vince McMahon, who, you know, waited to the last minute to cancel fans last year, I'm sure is looking forward to like saying, all right, let's fill this as much. Because if you can get 45 each night, 90,000 fans for WrestleMania is nothing to sneeze at, especially, John, when it's probably most likely going to be just people locally in the Tampa in the Tampa area
4: yeah, I think there are going to be a lot of people that do fly into this and do travel into this. I will be real with you on that. How many, I don't know, but I do think there will be a decent amount that do. You know, the reality is Florida has been very favorable to WWE and to AEW, too, for that matter, for how they've been allowed to run, and and you can draw whatever connections to that that you want to, but, but it's been a fairly easy experience. And WWE has saved a lot of money during the course of this pandemic in a variety of ways, uh, especially cutting down travel costs. So, yeah, you might only be putting only be putting 45,000 people in the stadium or trying to put 45,000 people in the stadium. But you do get that 90,000 gate if you do fill out both nights. And that's equivalent, if not even more than what you'd be able to put in on a normal WrestleMania. And you throw that on top of everything and, and saving some of those costs from not having to travel. It ultimately ends up being something that's fairly profitable for WWE at the end of the day.
3: John Vince McMahon has always been a very easy target. Um let's say 45,000 people do show up each night. Does the perception of the WWE become look at what they did, look at what they encouraged? Look at all the people that are here. I mean, with 75% full in the stadium each night, you really can only socially distance so much. Do you think that actually would come back to bite the WWE in the ass from a perception point of view? You know, I I have to be
4: real with this, too. You know, just because they requested 45,000 people a night, the Tampa Bay Sports Authority does reserve the right to say, no, we want you to run less or Or, you know, no, you're not going to be allowed to. I I haven't gotten any indication that that's what's happened so far. I have reached out to the Tampa Bay Sports Authority a couple of times so far. If they do end up getting that 75%, I do think, and just even based off reading my Twitter mentions since talking about this news, I think there are a lot of people who will view this in an unfavorable light for sure. Uh, The Texas Rangers have their home opener April 5th, so a few days before WrestleMania, and they're going to try to sell out the whole thing too. So about 40,000 people there at that new stadium in Texas So they're trying to get on that, and they've taken a lot of heat for that, too. Uh, You know, the reality is it it all comes down to personal responsibility. If people are holding themselves accountable and doing things the right way, I, I think you probably can relatively successfully hold the event itself. It's more bully about, like, the other events that are going on in the area. And people may be wearing masks inside the stadium, but are they going to be wearing masks while they're out in the Tampa community, going to bars and restaurants and other indie shows and all that stuff? and then you're all congregating into that one big space. But at the end of the day, Raymond James Stadium is an open-air stadium. It's not indoors, and I I think if the safety precautions are handled the right way and if people are actually distanced to a degree, this can be held successfully, and and we'll see what the public perception is after that because there's just as many people who are ready to get this going and, and ready for this to happen.
2: Well, John, we appreciate the time. Again, John Alba um, does a fantastic job with Spectrum Sports 360 as a host and reporter. And, of course, you can listen to his podcast, Living the Gimmick. John, thank you so much for the time. And I guess we'll find out by week's end how many people are really interested in going to WrestleMania this year.
4: We will. I really appreciate it. And ultimately, at the end of the day, just remember... I'm still an ACDC guy more than Van Halen at the end of the day. So if you want to talk that next time, we can talk Bon Scott, Brian Johnson. And, and that's that's a whole conversation for another time. So,
3: so wait, wait, wait. Bond, Scott, or Brian Johnson? So
4: lyrical quality, I, I think I tend more towards Bond because Power Ridge is my all-time favorite album. But Brian is such a rock and roll legend in every way possible, too, and one of the consummate good guys. Uh, so, so lyrical content, Bond. But in terms of just, like, overall, like, he's the man, it's Brian Johnson in that sense.
3: Okay, so you, you're on a deserted island, and you get to take one CD and one and one Diva with you. Who are you taking? <laughs> uh, I'm taking the Power Ridge album, um, and,
4: and I'll have to put some thought into that second one. Smart man.
2: Smart man, John Alba. John, thanks for the time, man.